0: From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams.
1: We also are heavily being used in revenue cycle. So anything billing, claims, denials, collections, that's also another way. So we're talking front desk all the way to back office. Any number of tasks can be done um, and we're trained and ready to get going.
0: That's Beth Lachance, CEO of Riva Global Medical, talking about the functions and benefits of using a virtual assistant in a medical practice. We'll hear more from Beth in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsors. Are you still asking your patients, how did you hear about us? Listen, there are better ways to track that. Your great reputation, fantastic website, and amazing advertising campaigns don't matter if they don't bring in new patients. If you're not collecting data on your marketing efforts, you're wasting your marketing spend. Visit get.socialclimb.com MGMA to learn how Social Climb's platform helps you get more patients with data-backed marketing that tracks patients from first touch to a scheduled visit and beyond. Are you looking to grow your career? Join MGMA for the Financial Management Certificate Program on August 9th through the 11th. This MGMA Certificate Program is an in-depth online learning experience that provides healthcare leaders with a mastery of financial management concepts. Go to mgma.com events to learn more and to register today. Our guest today is Beth Lachance, CEO of Reva Global Medical. Beth is here today to talk about the benefits of a medical practice virtual assistant and the unique business model that Riva Global Medical has developed. Well, Beth, thanks so much for joining us on the MGMA Insights Podcast.
1: I am so excited that you had me on here. I'm very excited. Thank you, Daniel.
0: You are very welcome. Now, you're the CEO of Reba Global Medical. So for our listeners, um, give us an idea of the company, what it does, and and really what the focus you are, you have there at Reba Global Medical.
1: Sure. Great question. Well, great place to start. So what we specialize in is that we recruit, hire Train and manage medical virtual assistants and place them with hospitals, practices, small and large, um, and medical companies. So we perform any number of tasks that are needed in in several departments within medical practices and/or hospitals. Okay. Beyond, yep. Beyond beyond that, um, what we what we really truly are really excited about is. Um, this is so new to this industry, to the medical industry. So virtual assistants have been very widely used in many different industries, except for medicine. Hmm. And because of the pandemic, this has really created a nice, it was like a really nice springboard and a platform for my business to very quickly expand. And um, we're just really, really excited because we've made a huge impact for hundreds of thousands of patients and for medical practices across the U.S.
0: Yeah, you you bring up a great point. I mean, the pandemic has not been a good thing in a million different ways, but one thing it did was push access to telehealth and other virtual communication between practices and patients. So in one form it's been really good. So right. give us an idea then. You're talking about uh these virtual assistants. Um what does that look like? What what how are you defining a virtual assistant? How do you hire them? How do you train them? What What are the things that we need to know there?
1: Yeah, great, great question. So, um, medical virtual assistants: how we recruit and train is we are looking for um, people that have graduated with a nursing degree or something within the medical field, or have worked directly with an insurance company and clearly understand how our U.S. healthcare insurance works, how co-pays, deductibles, secondary insurance, all of those things, how all of those things um, come into play. So um, but everyone that works here at Riva, they are recruited, they go through a very diligent screening process, and then they go through our training program, which is very difficult. Once graduating from our training program, and not everyone graduates, we only hire our graduates, obviously. But once our graduates hire, they are then available for placement with our clients. So it's, it's really, we take, we take all the hard part out of hiring away, right? So we do all of that for the medical practices and we insert those medical virtual assistants into the practices to do the different tasks that are needed to be done. So I can give you an idea of what some of those tasks Mm -hmm. are and what that kind of looks like. Um, First and foremost, front desk, front desk triage. So every medical practice, they know the phone is ringing off the hook. They may only have one or two receptionists at the front desk, depending on the size of their their medical practice. So we all know that now patients and people have all become really um, expecting to talk to someone live. They don't want to go to a phone tree and then be put into a mailbox. They want to speak to someone live and hiring a medical virtual assistant that can work the the front desk, meaning work the front desk triage, handle the phones as they're coming in, um, schedule appointments, cancel appointments, reschedule appointments, um, all of that appointment scheduling can be done and beyond. They can do full new patient intakes for a new patient coming into the practice. We all know that those new patient intakes are time consuming, especially especially if, it, if, it's, a, if it's a specialty practice. Um, it takes time to get their medical history. It takes time to get all of their, their basic demographics. And so many times that's either being done by a medical assistant, which means they're being pulled away from direct patient care in the practice, or it's being done by the front desk people. And those front desk receptionists then are not picking up the phone because they're doing a a tedious, long, extensive new patient intake. So that's something that also can be delegated and done by our VAs. Um, Also referrals um reaching out to get referrals if it's a specialty practice and you need you know obviously patients need a referral to be able to come to practice so getting those in or getting them out if it's a primary care practice fax reviews um any of the faxes that are coming in which still there's so much still happening in the medical world with fax believe it or not it is still there (laughs) a lot of it is digital fax but it's still it is still the main line of communication between practice to practice and in many other ways so um, and getting results from blood results and so on and so forth. So um, managing that piece and then filing that, putting it directly into the EMR, e- EMR or the EHR of the of, uh, of the medical practice or hospital. Above and beyond that, one of the biggest ways that we're being utilized right now is insurance verifications. Insurance verifications and prior authorizations are tedious. They take a long time to get done. Um, with special with specialists, there's a lot of codes that need to be checked. They, um, you know, uh, they need time. It's time consuming, and again, a lot of times that is tasked to either medical assistant or there's an insurance person within the practice or people within the practice that's part of their main role. But it it is a very long tedious role and that that job. And that could be something that could be very easily tasked to a virtual assistant to be able to get those done. And so that's one of the ways that we're being most used as of today. We also are heavily being used in revenue cycle. So anything billing, claims, denials, collections, that's also another way. So we're talking front desk all the way to back office. Any number of tasks can be done um, and we're trained and ready to get going.
0: Okay, so <laughs> give us an idea then, because you you kind of said the magic phrase or magic uh, grouping of words earlier about you take it off the plate for the practices trying to hire, um, because that is, when we're talking to practices daily, that's what comes up. Everything right now is about staffing. So mm-hmm. you're kind of providing a shortcut there. Talk about that so that the practice feels... I guess, confident in who they're working with here since they're not the ones, I guess, training them. You guys are training them. Who, who are they getting? Who are these virtual assistants? Are they all in a central location with your company? Or are they around the country? What's Give us just a snapshot of that side of it.
1: Yep, great question. So everyone that we recruit here at Riva are all work from home. So we we provide the ability for people to, to be able to work from home. We are a Philippine-based company. So everyone is from the Philippines that are our medical trained virtual assistants. Our English proficiency is excellent and our accent is extraordinarily limited. So we have placed virtual assistants in virtually all over the, the United States, Alabama, Louisiana, Florida, Chicago, out West, um, New, New York. We have the ability to be able to very easily integrate into into medical practices and sound like we are on shore so it's and that's a really big factor that's always the number one question that comes up as well they want to hear you know medical practices want to hear what we sound like what you can do you can go to our website and and you can click in and listen to some of our what some of our virtual medical assistants sound like um, and so it is virtually undetectable and so the elderly don't have a problem you know with with conversations with our virtual medical assistants they Um, you know, anywhere where there's an an accent, if you're in the South, for example. Um, So we really, truly are an extension of the practice. And that's one of the beautiful benefits of hiring a medical virtual assistant from Reva. Um, You don't get that from everywhere. There are medical virtual assistant companies out there, and that's not necessarily what they provide, but that's what we specialize in, and that's what we provide. So, but yes, we take the whole front end process of that hiring off of the plate of the practice. And they feel comfortable and confident that we're bringing them qualified, ready individuals to be able to immediately start making an impact. When it comes to um, the training within the practice, of course, you can hire a nurse from one hospital. And when they move to a new hospital, they're still training involved. They know how to do, they they still know how to do all the basics, right? Mm-hmm. Their, their nursing degree doesn't go away. They have the background, right? They know, still know how to do blood pressure. They still know how to change Um, you know, to to change orders, they still know how to do everything they need to do, but they still need to learn the new new EMR. They need to learn the processes and procedures and the workflow. And so all of that is provided by the practice. Of course, there needs to be some training within the, from within the practice, but that's the light end. That is the light end because all the front end has already, already been done. And then we're giving them really great people to be able to get started.
0: Okay. So how are they connected then to the practice, and what you know? If somebody hears they're in the Philippines, I mean, do they need a fast, lightning-fast internet connection? Do they need access to the <laughs> portal? Do they need what? What all access do they have once they connect with a practice?
1: Yep, absolutely. So yeah, so we have a full IT team here at Riva Global. We make sure that all of our our virtual assistants have the um, the computer, uh, backup computer as well as a main um, a mainline internet as well as a backup internet in the event that anything were to happen. And there are um, qualifications that they need to have in order to be able to work here at Riva. So all of that is handled and done. We already know that they have what they need in terms of the systems to be able to work within the EMR or the portals that they need to access. So, but in terms of what then how do they access is like hiring anyone else for the practice. So they're given login credentials to the EMR or to any of the portals that are necessary for them to be able to log in and do the workload that they need to get done.
0: Okay, that sounds great. So give us an idea then. you guys saw a great opportunity here. You had noticed that virtual assistants had been used in lots of other industries, not so much in the medical healthcare field. The yeah. pandemic changed all that. But when we talk about life cycles of products, <laughs> or I know these are people, but life—you know yeah. the life cycle of these virtual assistants, where are we? Are we at like just scratching the surface of what they're going to be in the healthcare world? Um, give us an idea of that.
1: Yeah, without question, we are just scratching the surface. And so we've been doing the virtual assistant business for quite some time. My husband started back in 2011, he had started hired his very first virtual assistant um, for his real estate company. And so from there, he was like, this is a business, I should start a virtual assistant company and he did. And so he launched his first VA company in 2014 and it took off and did extraordinarily well. So when I joined forces with my husband four years ago, right after we got started, I said to him, because I have the medical background, came from medicine, I was like, there is an immediate need and an absolute business here um, where we could make an immediate, very big impact for medical practices. And so he's like, go for it. Let's launch it. You know, you've got the background Um, I knew, you know, I've spent my entire career in medical practices, so I knew from the front end to the back end how they run, what are the tasks that need to get done within the practice, and where virtual assistants could fit in. And so from there, that's what we just, you know, took off from there. So three and a half years ago, we launched uh, the medical side, and it has just taken off. But I have to say, the conversations that I used to have with practice managers, um, practice owners, physicians was a tough one. Trying to break down the barrier of utilizing someone remotely was not easy. Then the pandemic happened and that just broke the doors wide open. Now those are conversations I I no longer need to go and dig into on on any of that because because of what happened over the last couple of years. People understand, yep, all this is possible and that's no longer a hurdle that I need to get over um, with some practice administrators. So so that's a beautiful thing and um, yeah. So that's, it's, it's really exciting for us, but I think we are just scratching the surface. This is really just the beginning. And the reason why I say that is because we are still not widely used, virtual assistants are not widely used in medicine um, or they're marginalized to very simple tasks that can just be outsourced. Um, we don't look at our company, we're not an outsourcing company. I, I think that we are an insourcing company we are brought in as an extension of the practice. It is not offloading tasks offshore to send things away. It is really for us to help the, the, uh, the practice as it stands and for us to really be an integral part of the practice each day. And it's not to take away onshore jobs either, which is really a big factor because sometimes then some people within a practice, as soon as they start hearing, the staff starts hearing that um, uh, you know, the, the providers or, the administration has decided to bring in virtual assistants. It is not to replace staff. It is actually to help the existing staff that's there because their workload is so extraordinarily high. And all the while, morale is going down. So, if practitioners and, um, you know, especially the administration of practices, if they can stack rank their staff, look at who they have, who they absolutely would never want to leave, how do you keep those people, right? How do you keep them? you look at their role, you have discussions with them, where do they find value and fulfillment in their job? And if there's things that they don't value or things that they shouldn't be doing anymore that are just task heavy, that can be delegated, and that can make them, you know, really happy in their role and potentially do other things within the practice that they would find exciting, then you've done two great things. You've been able to bring in help to be able to off, you know, send some of those, those, those difficult tasks or some of the more time consuming tasks off to a virtual assistant. And then also you're keeping the morale of your staff high and they don't feel overwhelmed and they have job fulfillment.
0: Okay, I I feel like you've touched on this already but I really wanna know about, um, you know, I keep thinking about it from the terms of a staffing issue and a revenue mm-hmm. issue, but what can, the doctors and healthcare providers gain by using a virtual assistant. I mean, just kind of give us that that real, uh, I guess, elevator pitch um, on how it's how it's helpful to the practices.
1: Oh, I mean, it's helpful for the practices in terms of white glove service with your patients. I mean, that's a no brainer. Patient care is what we're really, really concerned about, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in the end, that's really what we're looking at. Revenue is another thing. Of course, a practice has to generate revenue. And that's one of the things that has to be looked at, but also staffing, Mm -hmm. staffing within the practice, keeping the people that you have and making sure that they're not leaving. Um, But also the people that you have, we're seeing more and more patients. Every practice is seeing more and more patients. How much more can you absolutely put on the staffing that you have? And a lot of times um, it's a space issue. Well, we need another receptionist, but we don't have any more space. How can we? How can we possibly put another person in here, right? Um, or it's a, or it's a budget issue. We don't have the money to hire an additional person. And medical virtual assistance is a way to be able to kind of circle around all of that, get around all of that. And medical virtual assistance also is extraordinarily budget friendly. It saves a tremendous amount of money for a medical practice. Um, so it's it's a no-brainer in so many ways um, to help with the existing team that's there, help with patient care so that patients really feel like a white glove service and they're getting um, the immediate attention the attention and um, the conversations that need to take place immediately are happening. And they feel as though they're being taken care of. And then it's budget friendly and we're getting the work done.
0: Okay, well, as you know, patient privacy is is just of utmost importance in the healthcare world. You said Philippines, and I. I'm sure it's lovely, but, you know, it's not, it's not like in downtown Connecticut where you are or, you know, anything like I'm out here in Denver. So just uh, give us ease of mind here. I mean, how do you yeah. keep uh, how do you train uh, this, these virtual assistants and then how do you keep compliance with HIPAA and yeah. other aspects of patient privacy?
1: Yeah, great question. So HIPAA is HIPAA, no matter where you are in the world, it doesn't <laughs> matter, right? I mean, we have to protect health information. That has to happen. So um, it is something that we, um, it's, it's a daily thing that we work on. It is something that we make sure that it's, it's, um, it's heavily guarded here at REVA. So what we do is first and foremost, everyone is HIPAA trained, HIPAA certified. That has to happen. And we can do, and we also do continuing education with HIPAA, so we do recertifications to make sure that that continues. Just as if we were in, you know, somebody was hiring within a medical practice. So that continues to happen here at REVA. Above and beyond that, we do random IT um, system sweeps. We go directly um, to the the, the VA's computers, we log in and we make sure they follow our full, we have an audit system on making sure that nothing is downloaded and on the computers of the VAs. The other thing is we don't download, house or handle any of the patient information outside of the client's EMR, EHR or their tools or systems that they give us. So um, we're not housing it, we're not storing it, we're not handling it. It is all done within the confines of of the client's EMR. So there's, there's a lot of roadblocks um that are put that, that are you know in or backstops I should say that are put in place to make sure that we're protecting PHI and that HIPAA is on the forefront of our minds.
0: Okay so when you're working with a practice maybe they're interested in signing up for these virtual assistants or they're on the fence about it and they're asking you questions um what are the KPIs then? I guess that either are you are you the one uh, you know from your company side of it? Are y'all the one tracking these KPIs? Is the practice doing that? How do you do it to measure if this is working? If this is worth it? I yeah. mean, obviously you'd think, well, we're saving some money, so that might be pretty obvious, uh, you know, around. Uh, payroll time, you know, at the practice, but for the other things, for the efficiency, for the volume. So tell us about the KPIs and the data analysis that's being done.
1: Yeah, great question. Well, every practice manager and department head, they know exactly how many, for example, we'll just use insurance verifications um, as an example. They know exactly how many insurance verifications it is possible to get done in a day. And we follow those same KPIs. We also know that and we track that heavily. There are different times of the year where the obviously hold times with the different insurance companies gets extraordinarily long and we know that those kpis may need to be adjusted slightly based on the time of year um but all of that is monitored by us and we're following up with the client in all the medical practices or hospitals with that so there's a daily report that's sent so that is another tracking mechanism to know exactly what was pro- like what was the productivity for the day So each virtual assistant, their responsibility is to send an end of day report every day with their productivity, what they did, how many insurance verifications or prior authorizations they got done, how many inbound or outbound calls they made. Um, And all of that, those trackers and all of that is created um, for the client with what they wanna see. So, um, and, and it's really great because we have some people that they immediately then see how incredible a virtual assistant can work within their practice when they start seeing the productivity and what's happening. Um, so that end of day report is is a really important piece of, um, of kind of viewing and seeing that um, seeing that. But the KPIs are really something that is set by the client and set by mm-hmm. our medical practices um, and, and it's something that we gauge and follow very closely because that's our job to manage the VAs. Um, and it's, a, it's, a, it's side-by-side leadership. We work closely with our, um, our you know, points of contacts within the practices to make sure that we're hitting the mark and the VAs are hitting the productivity expected. But above and beyond that, then we're behind the scenes working day-to-day with the VAs to make sure that they're hitting the highest efficiency as possible.
0: Okay. Well, do you have a real-life example then, a case study or just an example of a practice that signed up for the virtual assistants and had success with it?
1: Oh, gosh, we have so many. <laughs> we have so many. You know, it's it's so interesting, I guess, um, just to kind of give you a, and give everyone, all your listeners, an idea. We have practices that come to us, and they're like, well, we just want to start with one BA. We think that that's just going to be a good start for us, and we'll probably only need one. So for me, I know that our immediate success is when they had come back really quickly and are like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. We need a few more. And so almost every single one of our clients that we have had that have come on board, they always end up increasing the number of VAs they want to add to their practice. And so that in itself is a case study, right? I mean, that's it. So um, because they immediately start to say, oh my gosh, there's other departments that could really, really benefit from this. Once they see how well it works with, with the practice, um, it's the, you know, it just blows things wide open. So we have clients that started with two and now have 10. We have clients that started with one and now have 20. So, I mean, the expansion is just incredible. So, and a big part of our expansion of our company has been internal. It has been from our existing client base. And so that in, in you know, in of itself is is a true testament to how well this works.
0: Okay. Well, before we sign off, do you have any resources, tools, tips, anything our audience loves any kind of additional resources or tools they can get. So anything you can share with us or point them in the right direction if they want to learn more about VAs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the very first place they need to go is our website. So www.rivaglobalmd.com. And there's resources there. You can set up a strategy session with myself or one of our salespeople and our sales team. Um, But I'd be happy to speak to any of your listeners to kind of go through their practice and strategize. Um, I have a number of strategy sessions that are open every week and I spend lots of time, um, with medical practices on figuring out exactly where are the pain points and how can we make an immediate impact, um, and where we would fit in and how to kind of get that ball rolling. So I'd be happy to spend that time, but they can go to our website and check it out.
0: All right. Well, Beth, thanks so much for joining us on the MGMA insights podcast. It's been fun, uh, getting to meet you, learn from you and, uh, Excited about potentially seeing you in Boston, but we'll we'll see on that front. Yeah, but, I, uh, would, I would love that. <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to catching up with you on uh, future items as well. So thanks so much.
1: All right, no, thank you for having me.
0: Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guest, Beth LeChance, CEO of Reva Global Medical. We also want to thank Social Climb and MGMA Events for sponsoring this week's show. If you're not collecting data on your marketing efforts, you're wasting your marketing spend. Visit get.socialclimb.com MGMA to learn how Social Climb's platform helps you get more patients with data-backed marketing that tracks patients from first touch to a scheduled visit and beyond and join MGMA for the Financial Management Certificate Program on August 9th through 11th. This MGMA Certificate Program is an in-depth online learning experience that provides healthcare leaders with a mastery of financial management concepts. Go to mgma.com events to learn more and to register today. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast and access all of our podcasts by going to mgma.com slash listen. And if you want to add to the conversation or suggest experts for us to interview, email us at podcast at mgma.com or you can find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. Stay safe and thanks for listening.